Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to episode number 76 of the Church Leadership Podcast. We're so glad you're listening today. And if you're new, I'll tell you that our goal every episode is to encourage and equip you to better lead in your local church setting. And uh, we bring you great conversations every week with leaders we believe that you should know. Now, before we get to today's conversation, I want to encourage you to go over and rate and review our podcast. We have a really easy way to do that. You can go to ratethispodcast.com slash CLP, Church Leadership Podcast. So ratethispodcast.com slash CLP. Now for today's conversation. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the Church Leadership Podcast. Uh, in this episode, we have a special guest with us. John Thomas is with us today. John serves as the associational mission strategist there in uh, the, at the Southeast Alabama Baptist Association. I want to make sure I said that right. That's, That's a right. mouthful. But, you got it. Yeah. But John, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, I'm glad to be with you. I'm looking forward to it. Well, you know, you are um, leading and serving uh, and and really shepherding pastors in the area that is my old stomping ground. So uh, that's where I grew up, was born and raised, and I'm a wiregrass guy. So my heart is uh, is definitely near and dear to that area. But um, we want to talk to you a little bit a bit because you know the the role you play in being a, a missional strategist for an association. You see a lot, and you encounter a whole lot, and so. I feel like the people who have the pulse uh, on really churches today and leaders today are, are people like you, John. And so we want to we want to hear from you some of the the unique challenges that you have heard and seen pastors and leaders facing in this crazy, crazy time. It sure is a crazy time, and the challenges vary from uh, church to church, and even from one side of our association to the other, uh, just some very unique uh, things that are going on. Of course, you guys know, you know, being in the ministry, um, the struggle of just the extra stress and tension that pastors are under trying to figure it out. Yeah. And nobody's written the book yet on how, the, how to be 100% effective in this new, new day that we're in. Uh, in fact, I heard a, a term used over the weekend uh, the new different. That's right. It's not going to be the the new church. It's going to be the new different. Uh, and so it, it's frustrating. Uh, here, pastors and staff members who are frustrated with um, the the pressures that they get from church members and even other church leaders that just can't seem to agree the simple things of do you wear a mask or not? Uh, <laughs> do you practice social distancing? Uh, how do we get, how do we, we keep being frustrated with the online presence because some days the internet works great and some days not so great. And right. so just those things that they've not had to deal with as much as they have in the last few months. So it, it really is a challenging time for our staff members. Yeah, it's kind of funny, you know, when we used to do membership class, still do, but we talk about those things, you know, we, 
in, in the essential things we have unity, but in the non-essential things we have liberty. We had no idea that masks were going to be included in yeah. the non-essential theological issues of our yeah. day, right? I mean, who yeah. knew? Who knew? Yeah. Well, despite the changing landscape of being a leader in a local church, how it's week to week is different. You know, uh, yep. on one week it's do we meet or not? And then do we meet inside or outside? And how much is too much social distancing with being able to keep people in the same room? And now masks, there are some things that are constant. And that is no matter how crazy things are right now, we, we are under a mandate to make disciples. That's so right. how, how are you seeing some churches uh, fulfill the Great Commission right now in the midst of all this craziness? Some, some things that are happening, maybe, maybe just in a small way. You're seeing some churches uh, love their community well, minister to those who are uh, part of their church family well, and encourage them during this time to just kind of keep on keeping on. You know, I, I, it, it is a blessing to watch our churches in action because so many of them have stepped up and they've ministered to uh, not just church members who've had COVID, uh, but community members that have mm. have been involved in that. They've had meals to be taken. Of course, prayer, uh, you know, the, your social media lights up with the prayer requests for folks that uh, are in desperate need of, of uh, prayer uh, and ministering to I was having a conversation with uh, one of my staff members, Judy Gay, this morning. Uh, uh, one of the things that, that kind of burns me, that I haven't found a niche for yet and how to do it. But when you think about the number of people that are, are contracting COVID, especially in Alabama in recent days, and how many are dying, how do we reach those? How do we disciple those who are sick and you can't come in contact with them? Uh, and many of them are going to die. And their eternity is sealed at that point, one way or the other. But I am seeing some of our churches step up. And one of our churches uh, here locally, St. James, Albert Williams, the pastor there, uh, they formed a COVID response team. Oh, wow. And so they have, if they have found families that are in need of counseling, spiritual counseling, as well as meals, other things, they have this team that they have equipped and trained to respond uh, they contact them. They do whatever is necessary to provide food, monetary assistance, whatever. And they're just a small inner city church. Uh, they're not a, a mega church by any means, but they found a niche. Uh, and I, I think more of our churches need to look at it like that because I, I promise you within every church, somebody has been affected by COVID, yep. uh, whether directly or, you know, a, a real close relative. Uh, that needs ministered to. We've had several of our staff members, the pastors and uh, spouses of, of staff members that have contracted the disease. Now, all of them have weathered it well. Uh, now, during the time, it wasn't so fun, but they have come out on the other side. Mm. But it did affect the church. And so, but I've seen so many of them make the right decision, even when our governor came out last week with the mandatory mask requirement. Uh, several of them did an online um, social media blitz about, listen, yes, churches are exempted from this mask deal. If you don't want to wear one, obviously they're not going to come in here and haul you off if you don't. But we're going to strongly encourage you to wear a mask if you're here. And in fact, we're going to ask you, one of our pastors said, if you don't want to wear a mask, then we encourage you to watch us from home. Right. Uh, so, and I think that's the attitude that we have to say. We need to set the pace 
and lead out in this thing. No, none of us like wearing those things. They're hot and sweaty and you can't hear conversations well because you can't read facial expressions and all those frustrations with it. But uh, it, we've got to do something to slow this thing down or it's just going to continue even more long-term than it already is. And so, yeah, many of our churches have done a great job. Even some of our smaller churches, I attended one of those yesterday, probably one of our smaller churches uh, in number wise. So they ran, there was 11 of us there yesterday. And, uh, but every one of them had a mask on. And we sang with masks. We, you know, and there was plenty of room to social distance. So uh, <laughs> we could have gotten, we could have probably have gotten away with not having masks on yesterday. Uh, but everybody wore one, and I was proud of them. And as I've seen churches do that, and as I've seen pastors respond to this uh, new regulation for masks uh, and how they're going to handle it in their church, I text them or I call them and say, "Man, you made a great call. Thank you for leading the way." Mm. Um, I, I think that part of my position is to encourage them, especially when they do something that I think is outstanding, uh, to, to set the pace and try to minister to these folks that are hurting. And yet at the same time, I know that our pastors and leaders in our churches are hurting uh, because they're frustrated with this thing to no end. And so we're trying to be an encouragement to those guys and, and ladies as well um, because they're getting – they're getting it from all angles. They're getting the folks that are mad at them uh, because they're having to wear a mask or because they're, they can't meet in person or whatever. Everybody's frustrated. Everybody's tired of this thing dragging on. Uh, but it's going to be here a while. And unfortunately, we don't know how long. And so uh, we've just got to do the best we can do. That's right. You're, you're right about it's still about the gospel. Mm. And it's still about making disciples. So we've got to figure out how we do that. Even in the midst of this right. pandemic, we've got to figure it out. We can't stop. Uh, I don't think right. God just said, okay, we'll, we'll hit the pause button until we get through this. And then we'll pick it back up when it's all over with. It's, it's a challenge for us, but it's a great opportunity. If we'll just be faithful to present the gospel have those conversations, whether it's online chatting, pick up the telephone and call. That still works. You know, That's that right. all works for more than just texting. Uh, you can have voice conversations and be able to minister to folks. And that's one of the things that our staff tries to do. We try to stay in touch with our leaders in our churches to talk to them and have that conversations to encourage them about, no, it's tough. No, it's bad. But no, we're here. We're praying for you. Our pastors, many of them are doing the same thing. They're trying to reach out to the congregations, staying in touch. And, you know, I was having a conversation with my wife, Cindy, yesterday, and she's minister of preschool children at First Baptist Dothan. And, of course, they're just like everybody else. They're trying to figure out when folks are going to come back to church. You know, they're running about what everybody is, about 30 percent. Uh, and online presence is tailing off because people aren't watching it as much as they used to. And I said, I think the key for the future, and I don't know how long it's going to be, is that in this COVID time, we've got to have as much contact with our people via phone and messaging or whatever media we try to use to stay in touch with preschool and children. We can call and have a conversation if parents will let us. Teachers can call and stay in touch so that when the time comes that we are able to get back to uh, meeting more in person than we are currently, 
they're still going to be connected to the church. Because I think one of our problem now is a lot of them don't feel connected. Right. Uh, they weren't real connected before COVID. Uh, and Dean and Sarah's cultural Christianity, uh, mm. I think that is really showing itself now because, hey, it's no longer the cultural thing to do to go to church. The cultural thing for the last three or four months has been watching online. And so now they've gotten out of the habit of going to church. And even if they uh, don't, aren't afraid of going back to church, they're out of the habit. That's right. And so we've, we've got to figure out how to help reconnect them, which should tell us one of the things I think we can learn from that is that we weren't doing a good disciple making in the process pre-COVID for them to stay connected. They weren't, they weren't really infused in the body. It wasn't in their DNA. And so we've got to try to recapture as many of those folks as we can, but also look for those who never were connected, have never gone to a church and disciple them as well. That's a great point. And, and I mean, that's, that's exactly why we wanted to talk with you because we know you're, you, you think along those lines and um, you know, what I, what I love about you is you're, you're innovative in your thinking and creative in your thinking. So what, I want to go back to something you said a minute ago, you know, yeah. you went to a church Sunday where 11 folks were there. Right. And I think that's one thing that we, we forget about with COVID. It's kind of not that we're in competition, but it's leveled the playing field for all churches Absolutely. so that the small church, which most of our churches are small, yeah. the small church is the church. In fact, it's the only church just about. I mean, there are still some megas that that have, you know, 12 services on, on a weekend, but, right. but most churches have now been reduced in size. Yeah. And and I think that's a can be a positive thing. Absolutely. So so maybe talk about some some things that you have some conversations you've had even with pastors and leaders uh in relation to how to operate not only do you have two campuses now, right? You're online yeah. and in person, but how to operate with a smaller, you know, version of, of what you're used to. Well, I, I think the way you have to encourage the pastors, regardless of the size, is we get, you got to change the metric for how you, what you judge to be a good church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so if, if, you're, if you look totally at numbers, and I remember when I served as a minister of education, in fact, I was here in Heritage it, in Dothan when I did that, I had this chart up on my wall that measured Sunday school attendance. And that was the metric that you used in those days in the 80s and 90s. If you had a growing church, it was by that chart and what your Sunday school numbers were doing. Uh, well, God taught me a lesson along the way through experiencing God course that you know, that wasn't the metric that God used. It was about making disciples and finding out where God's at work and joining him in it. Right. Well, God's at work in the midst of this COVID deal. Our job and our only job is to find out where he is at work and join him in it. Jesus, when he left the disciples, he said, go make disciples wherever you are, wherever you're doing, Figure out a way to make disciples. I taught you how to do it. Now go do it. And we, for years, unfortunately, we thought, well, we bring them to church and we put them in a discipleship training class or we get them involved in a Bible study course and we hope that they get it. Uh, and many of them didn't. Uh, 
Uh, I had another conversation with one of my pastors that y'all y'all remember uh, Avery Willis and his Master Life courses, and of course I was in on that early on. In in fact, I was in Bible college when did that first time, and boy, that was just such a demanding 26 weeks of your life. Uh, and it, as a result, it was so demanding that most people didn't survive it. Right. And so when you started talking about making disciples, that's what they went back to was how demanding that was and the, the rules and regulations, restrictions of what you had to do. Now, it wasn't bad stuff, but it wasn't about relationship together or with God. It was about memorizing and studying this and and getting all this head knowledge. On a and curriculum. I, that's, yeah, that's exactly right. We programmed it to death. And you guys know, in, especially in your generation and younger, it's about the relationship. It's about the, the having the lunch, the breakfast, the hour or two a week, as wherever you can figure out the time schedule to get it in there, to sit and have honest, open conversation about life and about the spiritual applications Right. And scripture memorization is important. You need to hide the word in your heart so that you can recall it when you need it. Um, but the folks today are so in tune to the relationships, the connections. And church hasn't been about that for a while. Mm. Now, we used to promote that through Sunday school. In fact, some people still call them connect groups. Uh, and they were designed for the fellowship aspect of it. And a little bit of outreach, some of them did, did a decent job. But the world today is not about the institutional church. Mm. They're more about a relationship with a God that cares. And we've got to figure out a way to help people understand that the God we serve is the God they're looking for. That's right. And that he does desire a relationship with them because it's still about the gospel. That's the power of transformation is, but they've got to hear it. And we've got to be willing to tell it. And that's what so many of our church folks, we haven't done a really good job of discipling. You guys know for years, we told people, the least you can do if you're a follower of Jesus is invite people to church. That was probably one of the worst things we could have told them. <laughs> that's right. uh, now, they, yeah, they, if they came to church, they got the gospel, no doubt about that. But the, the, that wasn't the responsibility of the church. That's my responsibility as a believer. Mm. Jesus didn't say, go get folks and take them to church, send them to church. He said, as you go about your life, make disciples. Right. If we had been doing a better job of that, we probably wouldn't be struggling as much to, to keep folks connected to church because they would have been connected. Mm. They would have gotten in. That's our struggle today with whether you're, whether you're in a small church running 10 or 12 or you're in a 2,000 member church. Uh, they're all facing the same dilemma. Are people going to come back? Yep. And the answer to that question is yes and no. Some of them will. Some of them won't. That's right. And so this may be the separating of the wheat and the tares, as some people like to call it. Uh, some of them never had a relationship, and others have figured out, well, I can, I can be in touch with any church in the world at the touch of my fingertip, and I don't need my local church hmm. until crisis happens. That's right. And they're going to need the local church. 
fun. Those relationships. Maybe COVID's opened up that opportunity to focus on relationships once well, again. Well, I hope so. I hope so. And if, if our church can do a little bit better job of uh, not thinking about them coming back to the building, uh, but coming together as a body, yes. wherever that is, two or three, Jesus said, where two or three are gathered, where? He's right there in the midst. Right. So I'm all about the church. I think the church is ordained and instituted by God. Uh, and it's just, it's a tool that he has used for, for decades, centuries to hold us together. And so now it's our, it's our responsibility to step up and do a much better job of showing them what the church is. And we're people that care. Good. Number one, we care about them, but we care about their eternity because some of them aren't going to survive this COVID and they're going to step off into eternity. And so our, our responsibility is to help them know where that is. That's good. Yeah. You're looking at so many things right now that pastors and church leaders are facing. They're just dilemmas. I mean, the, the discouragement they face right now from numbers that are just tanking as far as, a lot of churches are struggling not only with attendance, but giving and participation. Yep. Some guys are struggling with how to have a, a solid online presence. Um, you're, you're looking at, like you're talking about, we're, we're having to be so um, uh, mindful of constant change that we don't even know how to, to act this week based on what happened last week. So right. we usually yep. end our time with something that maybe you have to say that might encourage somebody. You've already said a lot. This kind of challenges and encourages today. What is one thing that you would tell a pastor or church leader right now in the midst of all this, just to encourage them just to keep on going and, and remain faithful? Well, um, I try to encourage them to go back to their calling. What did God call you to do? and remain faithful to the calling, mm. the results are up to him. If I'm following the leadership of the Holy Spirit and where he's directing me to go, doing the things that he's called me to do, the results are in God's hands. Yeah. And, and they're going to be different results than what we've been used to. Uh, I may never know this side of heaven what those results are. Uh, because you, you don't know, because of the way we're broadcasting the gospel, who in the world it's going to touch, it's going to hear something. But as, as hard as it, I guess another way of, of saying be encouraged is if you are discouraged, reach out for help mm. because there are other brothers and sisters out there that get it and they can encourage you through that, that downtime. And if, if you if you tell me you're not discouraged somewhere through this thing, you're lying. That's right. That's because right. we've all been discouraged through this time because of the unknown, because of the confusion and the, the constant change. Uh, I'm, I'm blessed in that uh, this Wednesday we have Jeff Orge coming on uh, a, a weekly Zoom meeting that we do. We've had different leaders from our convention coming on and, Jeff from Gateway Seminaries come in on this Wednesday, uh, coming out of the book, Leading Major Change. Yep. Well, boy, what a timely uh, time of encouragement and hopefully help some of our guys see the bright spots, focus on those, 
don't worry about what's not working. Focus on what is working. Uh, there's some things in our churches that we've needed to jettison for years anyway. They mm. weren't working. We just kept doing them. That's right. That's right. And so, you know, the, the horse is dead. Don't keep beating it. You know, <laughs> uh, just, just dismount and, and mount another one. Try something different. If that doesn't work, try something different. Um, so just to, just to, to be encouraged that, that God's still on the throne. He's mm. not surprised by any of this. And there is help when and if you need it, and you will need it. Uh, somebody just to pray with you, to speak kind words to you, to listen to you, to let you vent, whatever that is. I, I hope I'm one of those guys to my pastors that they feel like, and many of them have. They've called and said, I just need to rant. And I say, okay, rant. And so they, they, they get it off their chest, and we pray about it and laugh about it and, and try to figure out some ways to help. But there are other guys out there all across our convention that are willing to help. Uh, whether they're Baptist or not, there's guys out there that that are in the trenches with you, and they get it. That's right. Uh, and we're we've got to network together. We've got to be in this together. The ones that I worry about the most are those who are on an island mm -hmm. and think they don't need anybody's help uh, because they're probably not going to survive it well. Yeah, don't be on an island. Yeah, absolutely. Nope find some help. Well, John, this has been such an awesome conversation and I knew it would be, I knew that it would be encouraging and, and, uh, practical as well. So thank you for spending a few minutes with us, uh, today for the podcast. Well, thank you for the opportunity. It's great to hear you guys and be a part of it. And I appreciate what y'all are doing, uh, to spread, uh, and encourage leadership across our convention. Listen to you weekly. Sometimes I have to binge listen <laughs> uh, to catch up for a week or two, but I'll do that and, uh, and haven't missed but one or two of your podcasts. I just love what you do. Thank y'all for what you do. Well, we, it's an honor, man. It's, it's an honor to have you and it's an honor to do what we do. So thank you for being on and thank you for listening. And, uh, we know you've been an encouraging equipped to lead your local church and we'll see you next time. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the church leadership podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. 